Welcome to Conversations. And now, from Los Angeles, here's your host, Mike Dowler. Well, Happy New Year from Los Angeles. I'm Mike Dowler, and this is Conversations. Thank you, Sean. A new year here and more podcasts on the way. I am so excited. 2018 was amazing. I promise you 2019, equally so, if not better. Some great podcasts coming up, all very, very exciting. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. On Facebook, of course, it's going to be Conversations, the podcast. On Twitter, it's at Converse Radio, like the shoe without the E, at Converse Radio. Podbean as well, that's where all our podcasts are parked, and that's conversationsradio.podbean.com. Instagram, love my Instagram followers, they've been phenomenal at Conversations Radio. Like what you hear or don't like what you hear, well, I want to hear. Drop me a line, conversationspod at gmail.com. I want to thank our guest from two weeks ago, Lacey Kay. That was episode 35. She's an actress, singer, and Ellie Sufi was the co-host. She's a singer and fashion designer. So that podcast is up on the website. That is episode number 35. Thank you, Lacey, and thank you, Ellie, for joining us. A great show tonight. First show of 2019. Very, very exciting. Uh, it's all about the voice and music as well. Our returning guest, it's been almost a year. She is a Fort Wayne girl. She was the voice season 13 uh, runner-up, now co-hosting Addison Agan. Addison, welcome back. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, Appreciate how, it. How, how are you? It's been a while. It's been, yeah, it's been when you were saying New Year, I was like, oh my gosh, it is 2019. <laughs> and I think when I was on last, was it 2017 or maybe early 2018? It was, yeah. it was February of last year. Yeah, February crazy time yeah thanks for having me time flies and again um it's so cool having you on and we've had uh, uh many shows since but uh our episode with, with you and ken stacy was uh very well received and uh, we got uh, just a wonderful wonderful response from um our listeners so again welcome back to you been a while like we said um obviously the voice thing way way back for you and mm -hmm. uh, first off, I hear you said it's snowing tonight. Before yeah, the first time. Normally, we get it way earlier, but uh, first time. So me and my brother were always talking about, or already talking about, how we got to go sledding tomorrow. Somehow, fit it in our schedule. For sure, we always try to do that. Well, yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's some inspirational stuff right there. You can write a song about that. Fort Wayne sledding. I don't know. She's going to write that know. song now. You Someone watch it. Someone could do it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so basically, you've been you, you've kind of picked up where you left off. Um, it's been a, a you had a stellar year last year, a lot of live dates, and I know now you're in the studio recording and writing. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been pretty much throughout the whole year, um, trying and things have changed a lot and gone back and forth a lot, and I've grown, done some traveling, um, and sort of just searching because my main goal is to be. Uh, a songwriter and that has been such a like a journey you can't just overnight be like this incredible songwriter and I'm nowhere near close so this year has been really that journey of finding what I want to write about what my style is um which the voice helped a lot with with the whole style and genre thing 
Um, so yeah, that's that's what my year has been. Still recording. Um, yeah, it's it's been a blast finding a lot of incredible musicians and people to be working with. I was going through some of the your, some of your old uh, clips from The Voice, Tennessee Rain, and a few other ones, and, and you're just so good. And here we are a year later, and I just see you getting better and better and better. I think that you're right where you should be right now, and um, I'm lucky what I'm hearing uh, as far as well, you, thank ca- you. kind of finding. I appreciate that. Kind of finding your center and and uh, deciding what you want to do because again, there's a lot of options. You've got options, and you also yeah. got, you've got a loyal fan base there in Fort Wayne. They are the best. They are. They really are. They they have been so supportive through everything and really with me taking my time and not feeling the pressure of rushing anything out that I don't want out into the world. So they, they've been great keeping me humble, keeping me sort of small town centered, which is really, really my favorite thing ever. Yeah, I love this place. And I know for sure that Neat 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 Records plays a big part in your life. Yeah, sure. yeah, my dad's record store, Neat 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 Records. That's really amazing. Um, yeah, I I get a lot of musical inspiration out of his his recommendations and just being around that all different genres of music. I have a lot of inspiration coming in through that. Well, your dad Morrison's providing a very important service because record stores are are going away. It's good to see that you guys are making a go of it there, and that that store is well received and really a big part of Fort Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been going really well. It's, I think it's been open for nine years now, which, um, it is pretty great. Uh, at the beginning there were rough patches where we were not sure, but, um, it's going really, really well. And people are buying turntables like crazy now. I know. know? Cause it, it all of a sudden became the cool thing to <laughs> so, do, which I mean, is great for the business and everything like that. That's great. Well, well good. And hopefully we'll, we'll see your records in there soon too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's time. Soon. And like I say, I know you were writing and you're recording, and that's always the process. Um, but uh, you're right where you should be. So very, very excited. Obviously, you still keep up with The Voice. You watch The Voice. Yes, I definitely and you, do. And you know our guest tonight. Uh, she is uh, no stranger to music, and she really is making a name for herself and a band uh, in uh, Houston as well called Sarah Grace and the Soul. Uh, Sarah Grace, 15 years old, from Houston, Texas. She was in this recent season, season 15 of The Voice. She finished in the top 10. Didn't make... The win, she should have, but, you know, as I say, it's not my decision. Simply a a phenomenal singer. Blues, plays the trumpet, plays uh, the B3 organ, the Hammond B3 organ, which is just a beast of an organ, and um, just a phenomenal voice. Uh, Family members in the band with her as well. Uh, And, again, they're playing dates all over uh, Houston and in Texas and have um, won awards and all kinds of stuff. I want to say hi to, from Houston, Texas, Sarah Grace. Sarah, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so glad to be on here tonight. This is my first time, so I'm well, super excited about it. Welcome to Conversations. And, and I will tell you this, uh, Addison, when Sarah and I talked, Sarah told me she adores you. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. so sweet. I love your voice. Your tone's so unique. And well, I, I can say the same about yours. Yeah, <laughs> you're, it's very shocking seeing what comes out of you. It's it's like, it's very impressive. I definitely showed a few people your uh, uh, videos, like your snips from uh, YouTube and everything. Very impressive. Very impressive. Thank you so much. Let's reach back a little bit before um, before The Voice. There was still Sarah Grace and the Soul. So tell me how the band started. Right. So when I was little, I was born with this condition called synesthesia, which is where you 
experience two senses at once. It's simultaneous and involuntary. And I, my form of synesthesia manifested in the form of chromesthesia, which is where I saw colors and shapes in my vision when I heard sounds or music. And that's, I just really connected to music in that way and wanted to start singing. So I started singing and then I found that I could paint my own colors by playing my own music. So I learned guitar and then I quickly switched to piano because I realized that that instrument was more right for me. And then, you know, my sister Reagan wanted to play the drums. So um, we bought her a really cheap drum set because that's all we could afford. And my dad started learning to play guitar and we had a little band together. And then my whole family has just been able to travel America and like experience some really cool stuff together. So I'm so thankful for that family band start. And then we met our bass player, Daniel, who is from Germany. Um, A couple years later at this blues camp where a lot of things got started for me. I met the producer who is producing my record that I'm working on right now and there and I didn't know he was gonna obviously I didn't know he was gonna end up producing my record at the time but um, he's just been a family friend of ours for a while and a real musical inspiration for me and then I just met a lot of people that I'm still connected with at that camp so it's it's kind of a cool little rooty thing so I definitely got to go back to them after returning from The Voice. Now your sister's in the band too. Yeah yeah she's my drummer so she's amazing. <laughs> That's really cool. It's really, yeah, yeah. It's really cool, Alison, when you when you when you're trudging the road to music and you're 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 going through it and you're doing it, and you meet folks around the along the way and you say, "Wow, uh, we've got to play together." Isn't that cool? Absolutely, it's so cool, especially when y'all both have that connection because then you know the product is just so great because the chemistry is going to be good and, and y'all can both be creative together and bounce ideas off of each other it's it's really awesome and houston texas and texas as a whole uh, musically it's just amazing and again tons of venues to play both uh in houston dallas austin for sure so you've got a lot of options that way and you've um made a name for yourself and the band uh and you've really chosen the blues angle which i love you're very very bluesy and you've kind of pointed yourself in that direction mm-hmm. blues is a hard genre to be in because the fan base is so small but they're so loyal so it, it's been a really supportive group to be a part of even from the very beginning like they give out these really great scholarships which is how we've been able to keep up our band and purchase new instruments and the community of musicians is so tight-knit and and they'll do anything to keep the blues alive and and mentor and like Hamilton Loomis, the producer of my record, the one that I met at that blues camp, he's just been a mentor to me since I met him and, and growing up and being raised in that musical community has just been so cool because I don't know if I would still be doing music without them just because they've helped me find a place for myself in Houston. It sounds like your story, Addison, your loyal fan base in, in Fort Wayne. I know. And actually a lot more of, what she was saying I was like oh my goodness I my that's where I started with a band too was my family and my brother is still my bass player so that was so like kind of funny that that's very similar um yeah start but that that's really really awesome and you're right it's so so true that having family sort of especially immersed in the same music it's just such great chemistry and like 
I can only imagine what it's like with you and your sister, especially being the drummer. That's like, like the, the keeping everybody together, you know? Yeah. That's so important. So, so cool. How old is she? She's, she's 14. I can't tell you how many times our band has broken up, but Mm -hmm. we've gotten back together because we live (laughs) together, you know? Yeah. That's one of the best things about being in a family band. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or the worst things. Depends on how you see it. Depends for sure. Because you can't help but continue to play music together. Right. Off chance of being in the one room over or something like that. Yeah. Right. 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 No contracts to sign. So all (laughs) exactly. Exactly. The voice, obviously, as you and I discussed with Ken Stacy last year. Again, Ken Stacy with Ambrosia, who's a mentored tons of folks and it's worked on both American Idol and has worked on The Voice. Really, it's a springboard and the mm-hmm. advantage you guys have and most musicians that go on that show and singers are they've got something going on before they go to The Voice. Obviously, Addison, you were doing this a long time before The Voice. Same thing for you, Sarah. You had the band. Sarah, this is it now. You, you, you got the band and then you decide you want to go ahead and try out for The Voice. So what was the process for you? How, how did you finally decide, hey, I'm going to take the plunge and, and give it a go? It was quite unexpected for me and in my band. Like they, when I told them that I was doing that, they were like, what? Because I had never been interested in that, in, in fame. Like fame was never something I grew up aspiring to have. Like I, when I was little, you know, every little girl sees Taylor Swift and goes, I want to be Taylor Swift. I want to be famous. But my parents always taught me that, like, being famous is not the goal. You want to be successful and you want to be good. You want to be good at music. And that was always just kind of my motto. And so growing up, I was like, I'm not going to do that. It's just not for me. But then when they reached out to my school, I go to HSPVA, which is the high school for the performing and visual arts in Houston. Okay. But I go there for trumpet. Um, so that was kind of weird. But they reached out to my school and they asked for a talented vocalist because they were doing an open call in Houston. And my school asked me if I wanted to do it. And you, you know, you don't pass up an opportunity like that. Like that's just an insane opportunity. So I said, yes, I sent in a video and then a couple auditions later, I was at the blinds, and it was it was really really cool. I'm so grateful for my experience. I learned so much. I met amazing people and created connections like these. And I'm just yeah, I just learned a lot. That's the biggest takeaway is how much I learned. When the chairs turned, you picked Kelly Clarkson. I know mm-hmm. I know it wasn't because of the jacket. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the jacket was part of it. But um, what's going through your head at that point? Because obviously, Addison, you've been there as well. And you had Miley and you had Adam. Yeah. So, um, but what's going through your head on that, Sarah, at that point when you got to decide? That was an insane choice. I was like, what? Because, well, I, I thought I wanted Kelly the whole time. Like going into the process, they always ask me, who do you think you're going to choose? And I was like, Kelly, of course. Duh, she's from Texas. Um, but actually being on the stage and having to make that decision it's so much harder than you would think it would be because um mm-hmm. all all of those coaches are, are very successful musicians and very talented artists in their own right but like having to choose one to work with for the duration of the show is kind of a difficult decision so when i 
went with Kelly, it was because she was Texan. Like, I just loved her personality. She turned around first um, before I did any crazy tricks. And so I knew that she liked my tone and my style. And she's just an incredible vocalist. So I was I was really looking forward to working with her. And I cherished all my time with her. And for you too, Addison, you, you had uh, Adam loved you from the get-go. I mean, there was, mm-hmm. there was no question. Yeah, but you chose Miley the first time around. Yeah, I did. Um, that again, what Sarah said is so accurate. You just get it because I was so sure I wanted Miley the whole time, and then you get up there and you're like, "Well, who do I really want?" And actually, Adam was the last person that I wanted, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't funny. think he knows that. He doesn't need to know that. But yeah. um, we will tell him. We we will keep it, you know, hush hush. But. Yeah, it's way more difficult when you're up there because they're all so genuine and so real. And um, you really have to go based off of what they say because, like, my dream could be to work with uh, Miley, but if she's, like, not interested or something like that, then it would be so much better and helpful for me to go with Adam or whatever, even though Miley was, like, literally so incredible and I'm so glad I picked her to start off with. I learned so much from Adam. Um just in in so many like different categories not like i learned like more definitely more about like instrumentation and arrangement and um like everything that i had no clue about i was i just like like to doodle around on a guitar and write a little song or whatever and sing a few easy notes or something like that but he he really stretched my growth in um uh like Knowing wanting, knowing what I wanted for full arrangements and everything like that. There, it's a tough choice. There's a lot of banter between the judges, obviously, and again, they're all amazing. But not all of them turn, and, and took me a while to realize that they know what singers are in which wheelhouse. So if they see mm-hmm. somebody that it feels going to be better with another judge, they won't turn their chair. Totally. Um, and I think that's I think that's very very honorable. Um, totally. Because yeah. um, obviously, any of those judges. For you, I think Sarah would have been fantastic. Uh, that you picked Kelly Very Clarkson sure. was a perfect, perfect pick. And again, the chemistry between you and Kelly was was phenomenal. For sure, yeah. She is just such a Texas girl at heart and, and a very authentic person. And she treasures being authentic. Um, so mm-hmm. you can definitely see that even when she's off camera, she's the exact same person. And I, I love that about her. And she was just so real about actually wanting success for all of her artists. Like we were in the live rounds, like way, way late in the live rounds. And she, we were at an outing. I mean, it really wasn't that late in the live rounds, but it felt late just because the whole process feels so long um, right. when you're in it. And just very redundant, but very fun. But she, <laughs> we were all hanging out, and she was just like, so can y'all give me the phone numbers of all of the people that have been on my team so far? And, like, just to see her have that interest and, and, and even care enough to get all of our phone numbers. Not that she necessarily has to reach out to all of us, but just to get the phone numbers of the people who had been off the show for a while was really cool. I... Because, like, she had been texting Chevelle, Kimberly, and I. But to see her go out of her way to, to include the people who were not on the competition anymore, it was just really awesome. And again, The, the Voice, American Idol, America's Got Talent, these are, of course, shows. I mean, they're obviously. But I do believe the judges are invested 
in their team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm, a, it's mm-hmm. a very, very hard choice to put their team together. And they don't turn for everybody. And they know when they know when they know and they know when to say no. Mm-hmm. Because they know that Kelly's funny because she turns around so fast. Like she's <laughs> she just loves people and like she feels like really bad when she doesn't turn around. Especially I think having been in the shoes of in, in all of our shoes before, she like wants us all to get our chance to be successful. But I think that's something that Kelly and I had different opinions on was the pros and cons of where you end up in the competition. Because her career was made by winning, but not every artist is going to be benefited the most by winning. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you're mm-hmm. a niche genre, it's cooler to to just have the exposure and show the audience who you are as an artist. And then, and then see what you can do with that than it is to be titled, you know, the winner of The Voice Forever. Right. But, like, if you're country or pop like her... Or if you're the very first winner of the very first competition reality singing show like she was, um, then you're probably going to do okay. Um, (laughs) So that was kind of funny to see the way that we we had very different strategies. So that was sometimes a little interesting with the coaching. But she was just so cool and just really cares about us. Well, and again, your musical musical, uh, genre really is blues. So again, Mm -hmm. you're asked to step out of your comfort zone and sing stuff that's not so bluesy, maybe a little more rock, a little more jazzy, and you exactly. just uh, slid right in. You had no problem doing that. Uh, the the mm-hmm. highlight for me is when you when you were behind that big B three organ. That was just oh my gosh, that is that an amazing so instrument. Cool. And you're a Hammond artist, right? Yes, I just got indoors, so I'm now an official Hammond artist. They sent me an email. They're like, "Welcome to the Ham Fam." Wow. And I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm mm-hmm. the happiest person alive right now. And that was actually the week I got eliminated and still had to stay in LA for the finale because I was a semifinalist and then um, had to stay till the finale. But that was, I mean, it was really cool because I got to see Chevy win and she was my best friend on the show. So that was Great. really, really awesome. You play the SK two, which is the which is the which is the kind of the electronic B three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played the SK one at all my shows and. Um, it was cool to reach out to them, and, and now they're trying to hook me up with a smaller version so I can travel with it. Pretty happy, hopefully, pretty happy girl. Ho- right hopefully, now. hopefully you get the <laughs> you get you get the big one, which is the Leslie Speaker. That's oh yeah, that's crazy. Have you played the B three before, Addison? You ever played one? No, I haven't. They are haven't just. I I do remember you playing. I don't, I don't even know what it is, honestly. I just saw you playing that huge thing. Is that what it is? That's I have the, no the, the Hammond B three organ. organ. It's like. Two decks and it has pedals. Yeah, Some of them I have remember. pedals. I wasn't hitting the pedals, but um, yeah. and then there's a Leslie organ and it's two cones and they spin, so it, it gives it vibrato. It's it's the most beautiful instrument yeah. ever. It seems so intricate it and like so like what's the right word? Like whole. I don't know. Like a girthy, nice. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it a like beast. Goes so well with your it, voice. It, it likes it breathes. It's, it's just it's like mm. it's, it's like a it's like mm-hmm. a it's like an entity. And you got, of course, the draw bars that, that do things, and you got right. some keys on the side. To start the organ, it's like a twenty-second process. You've got a whole, yeah. you got a whole two switches <laughs> to get it started. This is a thing. There are tons of videos online, but the Beast View organ's been around for for years, um, both in churches and 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 bands and whatnot. Most people don't even use the bass pedals; they just toss them to the side and don't use them. I got a friend, uh, Mark Levang, who's a, a keyboardist. 
here he's played with Colby Colet and all kinds of folks. And he uh, he acquired a um, a B3 organ from a person in Malibu. Basically said, mm-hmm. just, said just come pick it up. He had it totally restored, and uh, he posted a picture. He goes, "Pedals? What should I do with these? Because <laughs> nobody uh, uses funny. the pedals, really. You know what a what a phenomenal uh, uh, presence that is with you behind that organ, and that song was phenomenal. Thank you so much. I it's a very involved instrument, so when you first start playing it, it's it, it's quite um, the puzzle, I guess. Like you're having to think about so many different things at once, especially right. if you. Because I started out kicking the pedals, but then um, quickly realized that that was impossible to <laughs> transport to every gig. Yeah. Um, and so I gave up on that. But I do like them. They do sound really, really nice. But yeah, it's so involved. And there's some B3 in your intro, I think, because it sounded really nice. Like your little intro song. Pretty sure there was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> B3, yeah. Hold on a second. Let me, let me uh, real fast, I'll pull that up. Let's see if I have it right here. Uh, I love that wait, you catch wait, that. That's hold on, so hold on. Cool. Wait, this, is real, <laughs> yeah. this is very unorthodox, but okay. Hold on, hold. Listen. That organ, the pedal. Right there. Right, right here. Listen. Hear that rumble? That that's, mm. that's what it does. Just, it's just, it's like it's breathing. Um, and it's um, so amazing. Yeah. When you throw that chorus and the percussion and the Leslie on, oof, oof, it's so good. And and again, the, the the cool thing about the voice, and again, we're talking about your stuff as well, because the voice is really a very small part of who you are uh, as a musician, because you're you're huge. Mm-hmm. As Addison will tell you, you get the best of everything. What you want, backup yeah. singers, sure, backup singers. You want an orchestra, they just they give you all this 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 stuff, and uh, the productions are just are amazing um, they're incredible yeah they I mean, put so much work into that it's amazing to see it all happen and mm-hmm. i work on yeah it's it's so many people it's crazy i work on the universe a lot so i do see you'll when the, when the voice is in production you'll see like musicians walking with you know walking to the sound stage whatnot with you know they may they may just be hired for that day yeah um, mm-hmm. but it's amazing that was one of the coolest things was meeting meeting all of those different instrumentalists and it, it was really cool because I was also a musician, and you are too, Addison, right? Don't you play guitar? I do. Yeah, okay. I play. I play a little bit of piano, and but mainly guitar. Gotcha, gotcha. Like that. That was one of the coolest things was getting to work with a band of such high caliber. Oh because yeah. Because Kelly's not a musician, so I'm sure you had a different experience with Adam. But like Kelly's not a musician, so anytime I would talk music, I would talk just to the band. Yeah, and it was just really cool to get to connect with them like that. That's a cool feeling, especially when I feel like a lot of them. Um, there's so many just singers that go on that show that are like, oh yeah, mind-blowingly incredible vocalists. But uh-huh. it must be cool for, um, like Paul and the whole band and everything, like just to be like, oh, this this these girls get it, you know, like they understand yeah. a little bit, especially you, like definitely even more than me or where I'm at. But like that, I, I can just like imagine they have so much more, not more respect, but like an incredible amount of respect to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's very super awesome that you have such a great ear for both of those things. That's super impressive. That was one of the hardest things about going on the show. I don't know if you agree with me, but like trying to, maintain the integrity of like your art you know mm-hmm. Ooh, and yeah. trying to just stay true to yourself it was so hard but so hard there's so we many get it. <laughs> there's so much so much like 
so many roadblocks and so many things to get through. I remember for me, um, presenting myself, uh, like visually was like, I wanted to be as real as possible. And that's like super, like what I wear, obviously, like, I don't think anybody wears any of that stuff in real life. Like me, me as an artist, like my whole thing is like natural and like I'm a I'm a folk indie artist and Americana it's just like it's just everything as much natural as possible and so like wearing all that makeup and stuff and it was a freaking blast it was so fun to do that for the time but I remember for I sang Lucky by Britney Spears which was weird in the first place (laughs) um but like I loved it one of my favorite songs I sang but I fought so hard to wear a white t-shirt and jeans so 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 hard like you can see in my face i'm like proud that i'm like on tv like ha i'm freaking wearing jeans and a (laughs) t-shirt i was so proud i even had to make like adam say on camera that i was allowed to wear i was like adam please allow me to say this but yeah i get what you're saying like it's hard to push through all those kind of like roadblocks even though it's just trying to make like all these people trying to make sure we're like representing ourselves in our the best way possible and they always mean good it's just like you have to be so consistent and say like no this is what i want for sure what i want always what i want yeah. this is what i want over and over yeah yeah and then Ten- one- uh, tennessee rain you were like just you were just decked out it was just it was, it was beautiful um yeah yeah i mean man it was just the whole the whole vibe the set the it was just it was, it was gorgeous it um, was beautiful yeah i really enjoyed that so, but they had, again, the best clothes, the best. Um, the, did you take any clothes with you when you left, or did you leave everything there? Oh yeah, I mean, I got my closet is still full. Of, like, Good, full. me stuff, too. Of stuff, of, of stuff you'll never wear because you wear natural stuff. I know, yeah. I know, and it's so it's so tough, right? I'm like obsessed with cleaning out my closet and getting rid of things. Like every single day, I'm like, oh, I don't need this anymore. It's so hard because I can't get rid of it, but I'm never going to wear, like, some of that stuff again. Like, what I wore for when I sang the Joni Mitchell songs, oh, I never, God. like, never will I wear a velvet blue jumpsuit again. Like, I'm... <laughs> but you know what? Would you do? Find your favorite charity and, and like, donate to an auction. That's what I would do. <sighs> that's the True, way to do it. But also, that's, like, hard. It's like, but I still want to keep it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, like it's fitted perfectly for me, and, yeah, I totally get it. Yep, it's. I mean, I've only hard. had men for like a month, but <laughs> you get what you get. What I'm saying, but I get it. I let's, get it. Let's talk about California for a second, because again, Sarah, you're a Texas girl. You came to California, so was there some culture shock for you to come into Hollywood? For sure, <laughs> everyone in Texas is so friendly, and not saying that Californians aren't friendly, <laughs> but Texans are just so over the top friendly that it, that was definitely a culture shock. And the one thing that I missed the most. Besides my family and my dogs, was queso. They don't have queso in the little place we were allowed to go to. Like, <gasps> I was like, I miss queso. Wait, wait, wait. Did you have sharkies next to you, or what? I th- so for battles and knockouts, I had sharkies next to me. But okay, yeah. for everything else, I had fish dish across the street. Fish, fish, oh, I know yeah, fish yeah, dish. Yeah. yeah. Did you have mm-hmm. fish dish? That place oh, is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in poor the same fish place. dish. Yeah. They caught all of the like all of the flack for all of our misery. <laughs> really? Yeah, we were always like, we don't want to go to fish dish. Oh it was so you funny. Did, I went to the smoothie place. What's, I can't remember. Robex. And got, Robex, the, yeah. And us, like the straw nana berry. I still, yeah. Every single day, the acai bowl. 
Yeah, yeah. I could not. I could eat them every single meal of the day, and it. My gosh, it was crazy. It's crazy how that like kind of becomes like so natural and so homey. And like if I go back there, it's just gonna like the whole place is gonna smell like so nostalgic, you know. It's it definitely did when we so we were at the same hotel for blinds as we were for lives. Mm -hmm. And when we went back for lives, like it had the smell. It was insane. I was like, this is the blind smell. I know. It's so crazy. It's wild. And the pool, it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. All the airplanes flying over. It's so nostalgic. Yeah. And again, Addison told you a great story on when she was on before about chewing tons of gum because you were afraid your ears were going to pop. On the plane? Oh, yeah. I was terrified of planes. I And I still, oh. I carry, I finished like a whole pack of gum in one flight. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That was your first flight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wild. Everything was new. It was quite the experience. I forget like half of it, which is crazy and sad. But I know. I tried to journal, so I, I still have like little pieces of it left. I journaled like twice. I'm just so bad at it. And you're so bit like there's so much to especially when it gets into lives, man, you have no time. No. Oh, lives were insane. They were really mm. fun though. I loved lives. Like blinds battles and knockouts were not totally my thing. Like I was a little little bored during those. <laughs> blinds but, like, was yeah, yeah. Lives but it's also cool because there's so many friends that you like Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lives every Tuesday. I was such a wreck after the shows. <laughs> like watching everyone go home was just so oh, sad yeah. but oh, i just man. loved did the you, fast did pace. you just ball backstage like when you made it and then like one of your friends like oh my gosh that was like the most terrifying and like horrific thing for me like one of one on my season like the first one to go home was one of my closest friends or for the oh. lives or whatever john marrow and he was just like this ball of love and joy and like that's so sad and like no one sees like how how close we really are yeah but like you like best friends forever are made on that show and it's like yeah. really really beautiful and yeah I, and i watched I, I watched your blind um addison and your mom and dad were like they were like crying back there they were just like so emotional oh um, my gosh oh it my was gosh. Uh, it was incredible oh my gosh, yeah and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you were as well i'm like you were you, you were you got very emotional and yeah um, i it's started a, bawling on stage. Yeah. It is a lot. Oh, I mean, it's a lot involved to get to that point. Certainly. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's way, again, nobody sees that part. It's yeah. like, it's so much more than it really is. Like, even watching Sarah, your season, or even season 14, it's crazy because it's like, you guys, like, when you're watching each other's episodes, like, if you're not on that night or something like that, you're still, like, telling all these stories of how you know these people and, like, what they would do and, like, how you know them and funny things they've said or stories. Yeah. Like, you have connections with all these people. And then, like, the next season, you're like, oh, my gosh, I wonder what their connections are. Like, I wonder what their personality is because social media only goes so far. Like, right. you right. can't, sure. like, there's nothing like real life stories. So that's, it's, like, such a cool thing. But I wish everybody knew everybody's like close-up relationships like stories of everything it's like one of the coolest things it is cool what inspires you sarah as a musician oh as a musician um honestly i'm really inspired by other musicians like i'm and not only other musicians but other people and their stories and their situations in life like when i'm writing music i'm i i mean i write about myself 
you know, in my own experiences. But as a 16 year old, I can only I only have so many experiences. So I often write about other people. And I think that's one of the coolest things about songwriting is that you can Mm -hmm. write about other people, but emote as though it's your own story. It's it's being an artist is cool that way because we have a a level of communication that I feel like some people miss out on. Um, But Mm -hmm. as an artist, yeah, I'm just inspired by seeing other people's stories and, and their successes. And, and sometimes they're not so successful moments um, make even better stories. So it's, it's good to be observant. Mm-hmm. And for you, Addison, as well, um, you know, I read a lot of your posts and whatnot, and you're in a real good place. And I know that uh, you're writing like crazy now, writing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and I, I agree with what you said, Sarah. Um, not only other musicians, but just other, for me, it's a lot of visual artists and uh, lots of poetry and just the stories, everything like that. And it's so cool to be a songwriter and get to sort of voice the stories people that aren't songwriters and you know tell them tell it for them in a way that they might not be able to so yeah but i I, i'm very blessed to be where i'm at i've learned a lot this year the synthesis how long did that last sarah mine went away when i was 14 so about two years ago um and i feel like it was perfect timing for it to go away because i life was starting to get busier and noisier and I, I needed the distraction. I didn't need the distraction. So I'm really grateful for the time that I had it because it was so inspiring. That's amazing. But then, you know, it's time to move on. That's just amazing. Wow. <laughs> it was cool. That's, that's got to inspire you. It's like taking a trip without taking a trip. I was like, <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. Like a lot like, of my friends call it my superpower. So oh, that's, like, that's kind of cute. I like that. Music, musically though, I mean, where do you see yourself? I mean, obviously the blues is a huge part for you, and I, and that's cool because um, it's kind of out of the norm yeah. for musicians your age. And I'm glad that you're embracing that. Same thing for you, Addison. I mean, you're doing Joni Mitchell covers, and I mean that's phenomenal. So mm. well too. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Music like that moves me. It totally moves me, mm. and and I'm I I analyze everything when I listen to music and I'll sit and listen to it like a Joni Mitchell song or, or something from Chicago or an old Beatles song and just to hear every little sound and note it just it, it just moves me you know mm. and you try, I try yeah. to put myself in the place when they were in the studio recording that do they realize you know that hey this is going to be a gonna be real, real real cool thing um, right it's, exactly it's phenomenal but you got and I think the coolest thing is that they like the that they're may not be any expectation it's just the the feeling of oh my gosh this feels so right to make this and have this art and have zero expectation of where it may go i think that's the coolest thing because writing a case of you like when Joni wrote a case of you or both sides now she had probably zero clue like it was she was just doing what she loved that's the most cool like the most beautiful thing i think in my opinion and that's sort of like something that i try to in my own way, mimic and just be like, whatever this becomes. Well, and um, again, Joni Mitchell's the storyteller to the, to the max. Yeah, she's I mean, just a genius storyteller. I mean, Court and Spark, Waiting on a Hill. I mean, just these are mm-hmm. these are their stories, and you, and you totally visualize. Yeah. Um, yeah, the she's story, painting which the is, perfect pictures. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's really cool. A lot of artists. Can I go out on a limb real quick? Though we mentioned about knowing if a song's gonna be a success or not. Did you guys see Bohemian Rhapsody yet? Yes. Oh. Yes. It was so good. And obviously their their recordings are very complex, recorded in mm-hmm. a day where we didn't have, you know, Pro Tools and all that. And mm-hmm. and you've got to wonder, all this work and 
they knew that hey, this is gonna be like gonna be gonna be huge. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the music is uh, is phenomenal. I mean, what it's done, the movie especially, has really made them even more popular. It's brought it to the forefront. And of course, you know, Wayne's World was like you know, Bohemian Rhapsody was like the that was like the rebirth for that song. But yeah. uh, now with the movie and Rami Malek, my God, did a phenomenal job as mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury. So good. That was another moment in art where Freddie Mercury was kind of a pioneer, but he wouldn't have done that if he had done what the record producers had tried to get him to do and, and right. only made a three-minute song instead of making um, his operatic anthem that was Bohemian Rhapsody. And I just think that that's so important. Like, you see that that's a trend in in the biggest the biggest artists are pioneers like you you Mm -hmm. have miles davis who pioneered parts of jazz you have freddie mercury who pioneered his sound it's just it's so cool to see how every era and every musical genre has their own set of pioneers and and you know that's what we're all trying to be it's hard and and i see the producer i see the producer's point as well it's like you got rock opera totally opposites and fused together but it works it yeah. works so well. And, and ELO did it as well. ELO had the rock cover as well. Um, Kansas, to an extent, did some uh, a little differently. Okay, but, sure. um, but uh, yeah, it, it totally works. There's a band called Sweet that did uh, Love, yeah. is like, Love is Like Oxygen. Um, there was a, a time when they were all doing it, you know. But I think Queen mm-hmm. was the first one. Queen really you know, brought it. And to see them live, I saw them in the 70s with Freddie Mercury. Which was wow, yeah, just that's incredible. insane. Oh, I'm so it, jealous. It was amazing. Um, and then I saw them last year at the Hollywood Bowl with Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert uh, again, no Freddie Mercury, and he admits that, but he did a really good job, and uh, it oh, was good. a wonderful show. They're back in L.A. Uh, in a couple months at the Forum, which is indoors, um, but uh, just. A wonderful show. I mean, just a, a wonderful band, and I'm glad that they're doing it. And Brian May is so intelligent. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's a, a doctor, a PhD doctor. So, mm-hmm. but uh, my he, chemistry teacher was telling me about him yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, follow him on Twitter though, because he is is our, on Instagram because his posts are amazing, uh, especially now with um, the Golden Globes. A lot of folks didn't think it would go that way. They thought for sure a star is born would get it, but this is how it went. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love Lady Gaga so much. Me too. Yeah. Like, me too. I me love too. her. She's such a queen. Like mm-hmm. I really wanted to She's do so something. classic, but also so like wacky. It's cra- like I how do you make know. those two together? Well, and that's the thing. You you wanna think, okay, she's just out there. But you look at her like her documentary she had on a while back. Oh, that is so good too. She's so beautiful. She really is mm-hmm. a beautiful yeah. person. And again, she's got you know she's got issues physically and whatnot. And and again, she's immersed in this music thing, this, this business. We know how it is, and it's and it's it's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, I can't even imagine. It's I think it's finding that center. You got to mm-hmm. find that center. You got to have your you got to have your own time, and music time. And I think I think a lot of times that's almost prohibitive because because you're always so busy. Oh you know? yeah, I mean it's. I mean, remember we talked to Ken from Ambrosia, and I'll get Ambrosia, a band has been around for a long time, on eighties. But Ken Stacy said on the on the podcast, he said flying one hundred two hundred times a year. You know, and that's that's yeah. that's a grueling, and I, you, you get tired just th- hearing that. You know, yeah. So, but uh, it's 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 the path you choose. 
it's not always glitz and glamour and and fame and fortune. Um, no, it's, it's a lot of work no. as well. It's like it's the hardest thing. I it, well, it's I mean, I, it's way harder than people I think take it as, and it's also making it your own and figuring out what's right. Like, there's no, it's you can't just go to school and by be being in school for like eight years or whatever. It's like, oh well, now you are getting paid this this much or whatever and now you're like you are officially a successful musician it's it's so not that but it's such a fun journey and so cool to hear the stories of other musicians Mm -hmm. it's a very unique profession and and there's nothing like it it doesn't happen overnight um that's only in the movies uh obviously there's a process addison you got the chops and the experience and you've you you're again like you said learning more and more and um, oh, yeah. and you kind of honed you've, you kind of honed it, which is good. And for mm-hmm. you as well, Sarah, you you know the band is phenomenal. Sarah Grace and the Soul, you guys are playing everywhere, getting mm-hmm. nods, performing at football games, and and, and I mean it, it's there are a lot of opportunities for you there. But you've you've kind of paid your dues, so to speak. So the knowledge the knowledge yeah. has got to be that. I want to do. We are running out of time. We're we're three, yeah. we're three minutes over. Don't shoot me. <laughs> but I, I, I got to ask you this, and I'm going to ask Addison as well. But Sarah, when it was all down to the voice, what's the first thing you did when you got home? Um, the first thing I did, I okay, this is true. I swear, I went straight to a Mexican restaurant and had some queso. Wow, <laughs> loving I that swear, queso! I swear to you, that's true. And then after that, I went home and I played piano by my Christmas tree. Wonderful! Aww. That is great. <laughs> That is so cool. What a Christmas present mm-hmm. that is. What an experience for you. Good. And Addison, for you, I mean, obviously you had a little farther flight heading home, but what did you do when you got home? Man, what do I even remember from then? Um, oh, man, that's crazy. That was over a year ago. Um, it must have been Christmas, too. Like, when you <laughs> I can't even remember. I think we didn't put up a Christmas tree that year because it was we were so busy, like, figuring things out. As soon as I got home, my – I think, I mean, I just had a few days of just relaxing with my friends that I haven't seen right. in, like, so long. Because um, I was gone, and then when I was able to be back, they were in college or whatever the case was. Just, like – taking a few days to breathe it was like indiana air it was it was so different it was so different the air is so different in like from california to indiana totally different so yeah i just took that little little break so i could have a little sanity (laughs) it was moving too fast so fast we are out of time sarah what's up next for you well next i'm releasing my full album so i'm really excited for that my single that i just put out was number one on the blues charts on iTunes. Wow. So I'm Woo-hoo. hoping that my album will have that success um, too. So fingers crossed. And then I'm also, I'm just playing all over everywhere. So I'm super excited for that. And I'm, yeah, it's, it's going to be super great. Um, you can check it out on www.saragraceandthesoul.com if you want to check out my events. And yeah, I hope to see everyone listening out sometime in a show. And you're on Instagram as well. Yes, at Sarah Grace and the Soul. And Twitter. At SG and the Soul. Awesome. And Facebook at Sarah Grace and the Soul. Outstanding. And Addison, I know you've got huge things planned. What's up next for you? 
the the next big thing is uh as well a, a, a full album and um a single coming off of that as well and along with a music video so that'll be really exciting and um yeah that that's the main thing lots of new music and uh then hopefully a tour this summer but fingers crossed things are still in the working progress um but yeah hope to see you guys in la again soon mm. yeah that'd be awesome very cool sarah grace texas girl singer musician heck of an organist I want to thank you for coming on tonight thank you, you so much for having thank me. you and addison always so a pleasure fun. Let's not make it so long this time. It's been a long time. Yeah. And, uh, Let's not make it a year. Glad to yeah, hear you, that, that you are thriving. My best to your family. And uh, neat, neat, neat records. Don't forget those guys. You guys are online there as well. And that's uh, mm-hmm. a phenomenal record store. Stop in and say hello to Morrison. Uh, and he'll tell you all the uh, all the stories that I'm sure are very important about Addison. <laughs> the good stuff, <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Uh, episode number 36 is in the can. Want to announce our guest for January 23rd. Huge guest. We have actress Simone Lockhart. Simone Lockhart will be appearing in 2020 in the film. Ready, guys? Wait for it. Disney's Jungle Cruise, based on the ride at Disneyland uh, with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. She's got movies now on Netflix, I think, and she's also a heck of a drummer. We will be talking to her on the 23rd. That's Simone Lockhart. She's at SimoneLockhart.com. She's also on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Check her out. We'll talk to her in a couple weeks. Guys, thank you so much. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. This is Conversations Radio. Happy New Year and so long. Mm -hmm.